here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. All right, now, this morning we got into something and we want to get right back into that word this morning where we talk about understanding what the will of the Lord is. All right, understanding what the will of the Lord is. But our teaching is understand the will of the Lord. Now, part one and part two, we told you God's will is for you to be holy. Now, that's God's will for your life. God's will is for you to be holy. We got that already on our podcast. You can always go back to our podcast and pick up that teaching, part one and part two. And then we also not only got that teaching, we got part two and part three like we talked on last week. Rejoice always in the Lord. Rejoice always in the Lord. But we, we're not going to rejoice always in the Lord just one time. So in Philippians chapter number 3, Philippians chapter number 3 and verse number 3 is what we own today. Paul says, worship God in the spirit. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3 says, we are, circum- we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and have no confidence in the flesh. But before he said that, he says, and we rejoice in Christ Jesus. So we're going to talk about the day, rejoice again in Christ Jesus. See, we just taught last week, rejoice always in the Lord. But today we're going to rejoice again. Man, we got some good news. Here is some good news about our, our brother we've been praying for, our sister we've been praying for, people we've been praying for, and we are just going to rejoice in the Lord. That's why he said rejoice. Again, this man that wrote this Bible was in prison, and he told the church to rejoice. Out of all he went through, he talked about rejoicing. But we're going to show you there's some areas that you're going to do. We went through First Corinthians, we went through Philippians 1. While you're there in Philippians, let's back up. Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. We started verse 18, but we're going to go down to verse number 28 because we didn't finish that. Now he says that you're rejoicing. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to back up a little bit because uh, in verse 25, let's go back to verse 25. We're in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 25. Because he's talking about rejoicing. He says, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance of joy, for your furtherance of joy of faith. That, watch what he said, that you're rejoicing. Look what he said, that your rejoicing may be abundant in Christ Jesus. That your joy, your, your rejoicing may be abundant in Christ Jesus. He's talking about for me by, me, by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. See, that whether I come and see you or else I'm absent, I may be uh, hear of your affairs and that you stand fast in one spirit and one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evidence token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. 
having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. What an awesome thing that the Apostle Paul, he's reminding the church. See, I believe a lot of things you hear people in, in different ways like stress, or worry, or all this different stuff people go through because they're not rejoicing. If you do what God told you to do, then the enemy can't bring you into his stuff. So when you get in, you got to understand the importance of rejoicing. If, I, if I'm full of joy, and if I'm always a person with joy, if I hear bad news, oh, you know, you know, I, I, I heard that, but I, I'm so full of joy that it's not going to last long. Now, we gave you a scripture, Psalm 30. We're going to go back there just for today. Psalm 30. There's a verse we read to you, and we're going to show you that that verse, weeping may endure for a night. But let's, let's look at it real good because it, weeping don't supposed to keep going on. Look at verse number five. Psalm 30 and verse five. That's what we want. See, weeping, weeping happened to everybody. We all go through our sorrow. But it says, for his anger endured but for a moment. In his favor's life, weeping may endure for a night. See, weeping, you may go to bed and end up weeping tonight, but guess what he says? But joy cometh in the morning. Now, we got to be honest with ourselves and understand what God is saying there. God don't want you to remain weeping. He don't want you, because in his favor is life. He don't want you to continue to weep. So all of us go to a time of, of weeping. But that is not where we're supposed to belong. Why that's so important? We gave you that in 2 Corinthians. I'm just catching up. 2 Corinthians, we gave you the answer. Chapter number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, God gave us the answer. Why that is so important? Because he says in verse 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God, even the, of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. So it don't, make, it don't mean you're not going to weep. Who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we, may, that we may be able to comfort them with which are in trouble. How are we going to do it, Pastor? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So God comforted us so we can comfort others. Now, that's what God showed us this morning. Now, so our message today is rejoice again in Christ Jesus. And we told you that what rejoice had to do with to enjoy your God. So you, you, you rejoice and you enjoy your God. It's to make joyful. It's to experience joy. It's the glory in Christ Jesus. Matter of fact, Paul talked about it this morning. We talked about it this morning. It's to boast. It's to boast. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, we, we went through this down in verse 25. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to back back to 1 Corinthians. Let, let's go through some of these. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 25. Watch what Paul is going to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 25. He says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God 
has chosen the foolish things of the world. You know what God said to me? He said, son, why did God choose you? God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. God chose the base things of the world and the things which are the spies. Has God chose, yeah, and things which are not. Why did he do it? To bring to nothing the things that are. Why did God choose me to pastor this church? Now, when people look at you and you pastor the church, what the first thing they're going to say? Why would God choose? God choose people that you don't approve of. That really you don't even think can do the job. But God can get people to do things for him by giving him his spirit and it'd be the less esteem in the church. Watch what he says. That no flesh. Why did God choose Pastor Crump? I know why. That no flesh should glory in his presence. So I know, I know he chose me because he, he want to make sure he get the glory out of my life. See, what we want to do is we want to qualify people ourselves. You know, they, they're not qualified to do this. They don't have. Listen, God can take a man and make him a pastor. God can do that. People don't even think he should pastor, but God can do it. And that's what we got to understand. God, God, God is God by itself. Why did he do that? So no flesh can glory in his presence. See, God don't want me glory in my degrees. Now, man, you can't even get in his church without a certain degree. You can't get a certain job without a certain degree, but God can get you the job without the degree. Hello. God don't want no flesh glory in his presence. Now, I'm not against a degree. You should have them. Have two or three of them, you can. But that's not how you're going to get what God wants you to be in life. God give the increase. Promotion comes from the Lord. Watch what verse 30 said. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, which of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. See, that's what God is still saying the same thing. He is my sanctification. He don't want no flesh to glory in his presence. He is my sanctification. He is my redemption. He is my righteousness. He is my wisdom. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So that's why God do things. Let me show you another verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So God don't want us to glory in ourselves. We want people, tell people what the Lord has done. So that's why we are teaching the gospel of Christ. Let me say it again. That's why we preach at this church the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel of Christ? The gospel of Christ is God's testimony of what he's already done. Why do we preach grace? Grace is what God already did. See, this is why you got churches still saying you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name. Well, who's going to get the praise? Who's going to get the glory if you get baptized in water in Jesus' name? Who's going to get the praise? That man who baptized you. The denomination that baptized you. God not getting the glory. 
That's why people are texting. Have you been baptized in water in Jesus' name? Well, see, the thing about it is, if I come to your church and get water baptized in Jesus' name, now you're going to get the glory. Because you're going to tell people you got saved in my church. He wasn't saved before he come here. I baptized him. So that's why Paul came out and telling people, I thank God, Paul says. I baptized none of you. See, because that's what happens. But when it comes down to, for the cross, you can't take no credit for this. 2,000 years ago, Christ died on the cross to save us from our sins, to bury the old man, and to raise us to justification in life. You can't take no credit for that. So that's why we preach the cross. We preach the cross because everything was done by him. He gets all the praise, he gets all the glory for my, my salvation. See? He, he is my righteousness. He's my sanctification. See, you can't, you can't say you, I can wear my dress a certain way, suit a certain way, that's going to make me holy. Sanctification comes from this man. 1 Corinthians 1.30, he is my sanctification. See, he is my righteousness. He's my justification. He's my peace. See, he's my strength. He's my everything. So not, that's why people not glory in the Lord you're giving too much praise to your church. People will tell people if you leave this church, you ain't saved. Come on now. If you don't stay at my church, then you ain't saved. You go to another church, you're not saved. You got to stay with this church. Huh, listen, we, 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 not glow, we glory in our churches. This is the man you ought to glory in. He that glory, let him glory in the Lord. What we're supposed to be making sure is people are in Christ. Not in the church, they're in Christ. Because they are the church. See, they are the church. And if you begin to label people as the church, the temple of God, your doctrine is going to change. Because only God can put you in the church. Only God can put you in Christ. All right? Now, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, look at one verse. In verse number 17, Paul said, But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. See, that's why you don't have to go and glory in nobody. Just glory in the Lord. Let me show you what Paul charged Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let me show you something. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, let's see what Paul charged Timothy. The apostle Paul gave Timothy a charge. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. This is Paul's charge to Timothy. What thou hast fully known, my doctrine, Timothy, my man of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience, my persecutions, my afflictions, which come to me at Antioch, Iconia, Lystra, I was persecuted in all these places. What persecution I endured, Paul says. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Now, if the Lord delivered me, then who, who should get the praise? See, that's what we are doing. We're giving the praise and the glory to, to baptisms, uh, all this other stuff, except the Lord. The name of our churches. See, they get, they get, what church you go to? Chess all out. 
Listen, it's all about the Lord. It's all about the Lord. Because you can go to a church and not saved. Because you have to become the church. All right, watch what it says. But the Lord, out of them all, the Lord delivered me, Paul says. Out of them all, I love that verse. Out of them all, the Lord delivered me. And watch what he's going to say. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. He is telling Timothy, look, if you're going to live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. See, you, you can guarantee that. But let me show you something what God told us to be content. While we're in Philippians, let's go back to Philippians 4.10. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. Now, Paul is going to tell us about being content. Now, I'm going to read that out of NLT, Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter 4. After the book of Ephesians here, Philippians chapter 4. Now, I want to read that out of the NLT. Now, watch this verse. This, this is so good. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10. I'm reading out the NLT. What an awesome thing. So, we're going to get into Paul's thanksgiving here. Watch what it says. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again, Paul says. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you don't have, you don't, you didn't have the chance to help me. N not, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned, now watch what he's going to say, I have learned how to be content. Now this is what we got to get to in the church as the body of Christ. We got to learn how to be content. Paul said, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I want you to share that with me. I have learned how to be content. And then he says, I know how to live. Now this is awesome. I know how to live on almost nothing. I know how to live when I got everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty stomach. I have learned how to live with plenty or little. I can do everything through Christ. Now that's how that came out. When God says, I can do all things through Christ. It, listen, let me tell you something. This past, this past week, I'm going to say, uh, uh, we close to a week ago, maybe close to two weeks my wife and I were sitting out in our hot tub, enjoying a 105-degree temperature with the bubbles coming all around on our deck. And all of a sudden, what's going on? We saw the water going down. Wait, well, hold, hold it. And the first thing I thought about was our gazebo is full of water. Now, we get out of our tub, we got to step in the water because we can't get out except it. But God cut the electricity off. I'm just going to give him a little praise. It's okay, I can, can I give him a little thanksgiving him? I'm going to magnify him right now. See, to magnify the Lord is to thank the Lord. Because God allowed the power to go off as soon as the hose come out. Now, I'm going to show you what God did for us. We sit in the tub, 
and before we could know anything, the tub was empty and all the water was inside the room. We got to step out. Walking in the water in our house shoes. And God made sure there was no electricity in the water. Hey, give him praise. That's all we can. That's what we're trying to tell you. You magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. And that's what we do. We exalt him. Giving him the glory. But that's not, that's not all. Let me, let me just, we just halfway. That's one thing God did for us. And then I called the people who, who fix pools. They told me, said, Pastor, just to come out and get your pool and stand it up on the side and get it all propped up, it's going to cost you probably a couple thousand dollars. Because that sounds like you got a thing busted underneath your pipe, underneath your tub. I said, oh, my God. I said, well, I'm, I'm going to go talk to the Lord about it. No, you don't have to come out. I'm going to talk to the Lord about it. And what I did, God's my witness. I told my wife this verse right here. I said, honey, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I said, God had me to work at General Motors as a skilled trade and retired with 30 years of seniority. And I know I worked on many, 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 many equipments. Dangerous equipment. Plant 6 General Motors. And I know I can fix that. I said, I can do all things through Christ. God then trained me to watch this thing defeat me. I said, no. God's going to show me what to do. I went and got my YouTube out. And I put in there hot tub. And when I put hot tub in there, it shows you how to repair your hot tub. I said, look at God. And I went through all the different stuff that could happen on a hot tub. And I says, I know what to do. Went and bought all my equipment, everything I needed. My wife would tell you. And when I took the size off of it, God showed me, said, that's the hose right there that's already come, come loose. Didn't have to worry about moving the tub. The hose was, I could reach the hose with my right hand. And then he showed me where the hose came from. And he said, you put this back in here and fix that, and you're back on, back on the road. I did not spend $2,000 on a hot tub. As a matter of fact, I only bought some equipment, like a saw, a little stuff I needed for. But that's what God did for me. Yeah. Amen. So we have already, we have already washed out the tub, repaired the tub, filled the tub back up with water, and already back in our hot tub. You tell me we can't magnify him. Let, let me show you something. Let me show you what it means to magnify the Lord. I gave it this this morning. I didn't finish, but I want to give you these three. Because we want to understand the difference between praise and worship and to magnify the Lord. Those three are differently. So you are, you are praise a person, ministry, uh, this is something that you always want to put down. So let's go back and let's look at these. Now, I'm not finished with this content because I want to show you this is what Paul was dealing with. Let me finish this while I'm here. And we're in Philippians. Let me finish Philippians. Philippians chapter number uh, four and verse 10. Let's go to that in the NLT. If 
Philippians 4.10, that's where we are. All right, now, now watch what Paul says. We're going to look at verse number, uh, we're going to go back to verse 10. Just going to go to verse 10 and start over there. Thank you. It says, how I praise the Lord that you concern about me, Paul says. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you don't have the, you didn't have the chance to help me. He said, but not that I was ever in need, for I learned how to be content. That's the word, content. Now, that word content means satisfied in my mind. I learned to be satisfied in my mind. He's talking about just with the Lord. You got to come to a place where you're satisfied with nobody but you and the Lord. When you don't have nobody or nothing else, but you got the Lord. And you got to learn how to be satisfied. You got the Holy Ghost living inside and you got to learn how to be content. The Bible said, Paul said, I know how to live on almost nothing. Or I know how to live with everything. I learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether it's with a full stomach or empty stomach. Whether with plenty or I got little. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you don't, he said, look, even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. He said, thank you for that. As you know, the Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news. And then I traveled on to Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent to help me more than once. He said, I don't say this because, uh, because I, was, I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need. Look at Paul. Paul said, at the moment, I have all I need. And, I, and more. I got all I need and more. I'm generously supplied with the gift you sent with me. You sent me with Epaphroditus. They are sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God, this is where you got the Philippians 4 19 right here. And this same God who takes care of me, my God Almighty, somebody ought to say that with me this morning, this same God that takes care of me. See, this is why I look at my children and I know I'm not worried about them. Because this same God, this is why Abraham was able to say it about Isaac and Jacob, the same God that takes care of me is going to take care of you. Same God. That's why I never worry about my children. I have to know the Lord for myself as a father. If I do that, then I can be able to look at my children and say, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Why? Because the same God that takes care of me, look at that, look at that, NLT. Philippians 4, 19, out of the NLT. It said, and this same God who take care of me will supply all your need from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So God is going to take care of us from his glorious riches that he's already given us in Christ Jesus. God put Christ Jesus in us and put everything we need in Christ. See, Christ is the kingdom of God. We are in the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is in us. So everything we need is in Christ. 
everything, all the riches. That's why Paul talked about the riches of his glory. That's why he's talking about his knowledge, his wisdom, his understanding, all in Christ. You got everything. You're going to have to just make sure there's a word I told you this morning, we esteem the word more than our necessary food. That's what Jeremiah, I think Jeremiah said this morning. We esteem his word more than our necessary food. And then there's another one I gave you this morning. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So you got to be able to understand that if God's going to take care of you, then you're going to have to make sure the word is your source. Good God Almighty. Oh, let me walk over here. If God's going to take care of you, you're going to have to come to yourself to realize that the word, the revealed word, is your source. Everything was made by the word. God created all things by the word. God upholds all things by the word. Everything you got, God takes care of you by the word. This is what we got to understand. God takes care of this church by the word. I reckon we can see that right now. That God is taking care of us by his word. Somebody ought to shout that out this morning. God is taking care of me by his word. That's why you got to have the word. That's why you got to have the word. Religion not going to do it. Tradition not going to do it. But his word will. Philippians 4, 19. Just want to read it one more time. Out of NLT. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your need from the glorious riches, from his glorious riches, which have been given us in Christ Jesus. Now, all the glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. So Paul realized that God took care of the church through Christ Jesus. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God. That's why we got to be content. Content means satisfy the mind. You gotta, your mind got to be satisfied. Having a mind at peace. See, when you, you, you all stress out, you, you got to understand something. How do you deal with stress? Pastor, how do you deal with stress? The message. I rejoice. I rejoice instead of being stressed out. Now, you can sit here and listen at negative stuff all day on TV. You can listen at all the junk and the stuff. You're going to go to bed all stressed out. Tense, worried, everything else. Or you can put the word on. Or you can put a song on and rejoice. You can put your, get your praise going. Or just so you can magnify God. Let me show you the difference between magnify. I told you I'm going to give you those three now. But you got to be content. That's what God's talking about. When you're content, watch this. There's no complaining and no murmuring. So you got to ask yourself, are you content? Are you satisfied just with you and Jesus? Paul sat in a jail cell. He didn't have nobody. He said, Luke, only Luke was with him one time. 
He said, demons have forsaken me. People went back to the world, left me. He said, but the Lord stood with me. See, if you don't have nobody but you and the Lord, can you be content? Can you be satisfied? What an awesome God we serve. The book of Job, 23 and 12. Let's go do that first. The book of Job, 23 and 12. Thank God for his goodness. Before the book of Psalms, we want to go back to Job, 23 and verse 12. Just one verse. Job 23 and verse 12. Job said, neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Have you done that? Can you get the word and still be blessed? Can you get the word and still be satisfied? I know everybody want to get here. I want you to be here. But you got to come down to a place where there's nothing but the word. You can be content. Because you have the Lord and you're saved. What a mighty God we serve. We've been getting this word for year after year after year. It's time to minister to your husband now. Time to minister to your husband that's not saved and don't go to church. God leave you at home all day with him. Don't forget to minister to your husband. Don't forget to minister to your children. God give you time. You don't have to work now. You're at home with your children all day. At home with your husband, your wife all day. Minister to your wife. Make sure she's saved. Make sure your children's saved. You got to see what God doing in your life. Spend some time together without the television on. Spend some time together in the Word. Spend some time together just talking to one another. Spend some time together watching the, watching the Door Faith Christian Church broadcast on podcast. Spend some time in the Word. Make that a family day. It's a family time. Right now you need the Lord. We need the Lord more than ever. Spend more time with the Lord. Job says, neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. What a mighty God we serve. When you're content, you're not complaining. When you're content, you're not murmuring. That's how God wants you to be. Now let's give you these, let's give you these, because I don't want I don't want our time to get out of here today and I don't give these to you. I gave you I gave you some things this morning, and I said, let's go to Psalms 34. Let's go back there first. Psalm 34. And I gave you three things, and I showed you the word praise. I showed you the word magnify. I showed you Paul with glory. That's a difference. Let's go to Psalm 34. And we're going to look at the first four verses. Psalm 34. And Psalm 34 and verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Watch this. His praise. Now I told you 
what his praise is, what it means by his praise. Because remember, when I go through this, I'm going to show you how we are to sing and make it melody in our heart to the Lord. All right? So we got to understand that's what praise is. Singing, making melody in our heart to the Lord is praise. I'm giving you a definition. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. So what, what am I doing when I sing unto the Lord? I'm blessing the Lord. I'm, I'm, showing, I'm telling you what you're doing. You're blessing the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. Well, when you are singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, you are blessing the Lord. You are speaking well of the Lord. That's what the word bless means. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Remember, your mouth, your mouth, your mouth. Praises should come forth of your mouth, but also thanksgiving. So he says in verse number two, he said, my soul, my soul shall make her, your soul, watch what it says, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The almost shall hear thereof and be glad. Verse three says, watch this, oh, magnify. Now we had another word. Magnify and praise is not the same word. Magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt. So if I'm going to magnify the Lord, I'm going to exalt the Lord. Now that's very important. I got scriptures on that. I don't know if I'm going to need it or not. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. David says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. So now I'm praising the Lord. I'm even got to a place where I'm magnifying. Now, what is the difference, Pastor? Here's the difference. Go to Psalm 28, verse 7. Just back up a couple of verses. Psalm 28 and verse 7. Now, in Psalm 28, if I start verse 6, it says, Bless be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplication. But verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength, and my shield, my heart trusteth in him. Now that's what God wants us to come to, a place of trusting him. The Lord, my heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart, watch what he's talking about now. He used the word my heart. Now this, this is the same thing as my soul, but it's not my mind, it's my heart. Remember, it's my subconscious. Not my conscience. My conscience is my mind. My subconscious is my heart. That's where everything is stored. That's where faith is. That's where I believe it. I believe in my heart. It's all my soul. But he says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts. So he's not just trusting with his mind, not just thinking this thing. It's, it's coming out of his soul. My heart trusts in him. And I am helped. Therefore, my heart Greatly rejoice. So you got to come to a place that your heart trusts in God, your heart is rejoicing in the Lord. This ain't coming out your head, your mind. You can think on things and they can, you know, you can be gone in 15 minutes. But with something in your heart is where it's stored at. This is where you meditate at. This is where the word goes on and on. This is where you eat at. This is where you feast on the Lord at, out of your heart. This is where you believe at, out of the heart. Watch what it says. My heart greatly rejoiced. So he's not talking about just a mouth. His heart is rejoicing. And with my, and with my song, 
Will I praise him? Now, look where he at now. He's rejoicing in his heart, but he's singing praises with his mouth. Let me say it again. He's rejoicing with his heart, but he's singing praises with his mouth. The Lord is my strength. He is the saving strength of his anointed. Let me say it again. He's rejoicing in his heart, but he's praising with his mouth. Now, with that in mind, let's go to one more. Psalm 60 and 69 and 30. Psalm 69 and verse 30. Oh, this stuff is so good. Psalm 69 and verse 30. I will praise. So we're going to show you what praise is. I will praise the name of, of God with a song. So when Minister Hayes was singing this morning, Minister Renee Hayes, Cassandra Renee Hayes, was ministering with a song this morning, what was she doing? She was praising God. Now praise, you want to write this down, you praise God for what he's done. Oh, that's some good stuff. You praise God for what he's done. Remember, David says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. I called on the name of the Lord, and the Lord delivered me. So now he's praising God for what he's done. You're singing unto the Lord because of what God has done for you. But magnify is another word. I would praise the name of our God with a song. Remember, that's what he's done for me. But then I'm going to magnify him with thanksgiving. I'm going to magnify him with thanksgiving. See, thanksgiving is what God has done for you too, but it's coming from what he's given you. Thanksgiving is also what God has done for you, but it's in the line of what he's given you. God has given you his grace. You ought to be thanking God. Thank God for his grace. God has given you his mercy. You ought to be thanking God for his mercy. God has given you eternal life. You ought to be thanking God for eternal life. Magnify the Lord with me. You're thanking God. Magnify the Lord means I'm thanking him. See, you can get up in the morning and go all day long and never stop thanking God and never have to go over the same things again. That's how much God has done for us. Go back and look at it. Go back and just look at it. If you walk your life up from the time, I know if I could, if I go right back to Mississippi, walk my life up, because there was a day I thought I would never leave Mississippi. Hey, but God made a way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God made a way, brought me out. I was in the cotton field of many days, chopping cotton and picking cotton, thought I'd never get out of here. Ten hours a day for $3, and they had to take taxes out of that. $15, and they took taxes out of that. Chopping cotton, picking up pecans in the woods, raking pecans and don't, raking pecans and no snakes. The next one you could rake could be a snake. But that's how we had to live. God took care of us. My mother worked the stucky pecan shop. Five dollars a day, seven days a week, six days a week, five days a week. God gave me a job pumping gas. 
stuck at the con shop after that. I was somebody. I was making five hours a day, working 10 hours a day. Thought I was somebody. Five dollars a day. Ten hours a day. Thought I was somebody. I could sit down and wait until a car come up. Ding, ding, I got it. Go wash the windshield. Making five hours a day. Didn't have to go to the field. But God took care of us. We had a wooden stove. Didn't have no gas stove. Had a wooden stove. Well, we had to burn wood. And in the wintertime, we didn't have no wood. People had to bring us some wood by their logs and roll them off in the front yard. So tell your mother, we brought her some wood. And we dragged the wood around side of the house and cut them up and have logs for the fire tonight. The house we had, we had a pump in the yard. Didn't have no running water in the house. We had to go outside and a pump, a pump was in our front yard. We were able to go outside and get water and put it in a tub so we can take a bath at night. Can you see what I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you why we praise him, why we magnify him, why we glorify him. Think about where you come from. We didn't have nothing. We had a garden inside the house where we were able to eat out of. Had one hog in the backyard that we walk out there every now and then and just rub on him because we want him to grow up. That's all we had coming. That's all the meat we had coming. We bought a little old white chickens and put them in a pen, raise them up. We out there rubbing on their leg, hope they'll grow on up. That's all we had. Once that hog was gone, we got no more meat for the year. Beans and rice and cornbread ate out the garden. But God took care of us. That's how you got to do You got to just go back over your life. Go walk back over your life and see what God done for you. Didn't know nothing about no riding. We, my wife was talking about the other day was you live on the south side of school, south side of Greenville, and had to walk three miles one way in the morning just to get to school. Might have been five miles. Just to get to school. And then had to walk all the way home. Down the railroad track, she talked about the other day, had to walk down the railroad track three or four miles just to get home. Little girl, don't forget what God done for you. Don't forget what God brought you. That's why we magnify him. That's why we glorify him. That's why we talk about him all the time. God been good to us. I'm not going to forget him. I'm not going to forget about him. How do I show that I remember the Lord the way I treat you? Let me say it again. How can I show how I'm remembering the Lord is the way I treat you. I treat you with love and respect because that's how God talk, treated me. When I didn't have nothing, God took care of me. I'm going I'm to honor you and treat you right because God honored me and treated me right. He treated me right. He had people to help me. He opened doors for me. Don't ever forget what God, you can sit down and thank God all day long what he's done for my soul. My wife and I got married. We didn't have nothing. We didn't have nothing. But God took care of us. 
Everything we had was used. But God took care of us. But we have been with this God for 50 years. Our marriage has stayed together. God takes care of us now. God takes care of the church. God takes care of the people that go here. You know why I know that? Because I pray for you. And I know God takes care of you. Some of you make it more than you ever made in all your life in a pandemic. Don't tell me God ain't good. God is good to you. All he wants you to do is live for him. Represent him in the earth. Let me give you one more. I gave you praise. It's a sing unto the Lord. I gave you magnify. It's a give God thanks. That was Psalm 69 and verse 30. Magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. Psalm 28, verse 6 to 8. Let me give you one more. Psalm 28, verse 6 to 8. I gave you that. That's on praise. Let me give you Psalm 29 and verse 1 and 2. That's on worship. I'm going to give you all three of them today. So you got to know what it means. What it means by worship. When I worship God, it's hardly in my life. When you don't live for God, you ain't worshiping God. God the Spirit they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If you're not living holy for the Lord, you're not worshiping God. You don't worship God with your mouth. You got to worship God from your heart. The way you live, Romans chapter 12, I beseech you, brethren, verse 1, I beseech you, brethren, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body. This is worship, a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which you'll read in my service. That's worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you are born of the Spirit of a living God, having the Spirit of God in your life. I'm still waiting on Romans 12, 1-1. That's how you worship God. You worship God, God the Spirit, and they that worship him must worship him. I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reading of a service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen, the will of God is so you'll be holy. That's worship. John chapter number four. Let's look at that. That's worship. John chapter 4. See, you got to know what worship is. You got to know what worship is. You're not worshiping God if you're not going to live for him. I worship God when I treat my brother and sister right. I worship God when I treat one another right. All that's worship. The gospel of John chapter 4. This is how I worship God. Verse number 20, 24, I'm sorry. Verse number 20, I'm sorry. Our father worship in this mountain, she says. And you say in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, <laughs> the hour cometh when you shall neither worship in this mountain nor Jerusalem worship the father. You worship, you know not what salvations of the Jews. He said, you, you don't know what you worship. But the hour cometh and now is 
when the true worshipers shall worship the Father there is in spirit, that means you're born again, and you've got the truth in your heart. The Father seeketh such to worship him. See, when you walk in the spirit, when you walk in love, treating one another right, that's worship. And then it said, God the Spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't worship God if you're not living holy. Worship God is where you live. You're sacrifice, you're living sacrifice for the Lord. That's worship. All right, so let's go back to Psalm 29. We're closing up. Psalm 29 and verse 1 and 2. Told you what worship is. Giving God a holy life. Giving God a sacrificial life. Psalm 29 and verse 1 and 2. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory, there it is, due to his name. You owe him this. God saved you, taking care of you every day. Least you can give him is a holy life. God has given his son on the cross, died for our sins, buried and raised again from the dead. Least we can do is give him a holy life. We don't have to die, just live holy. Jesus had to die so you can live holy. Give unto the Lord glory due to his name. That's the glory. Holy lifestyle. Then he's going to say worship. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. That's how you worship. You worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. There's nothing wrong with telling people I'm sanctified. There's nothing wrong with telling people that I'm justified, I'm glorified, I'm filled with the Spirit. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I don't go here, I don't do that no more. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm living for the Lord now. He died for me, I live for him. Let me say it again. Christ died for me so I could live for him. That's what it's all about. So since he died for us, let's live for him. Praise God. Hallelujah. One more. One more. Let me, let me get this one in. Man, this word is so good. This word is so good to me. Now, watch what the Apostle Paul says. First Thessalonians. We're going we to open this up today. Let's go, let's, do, let's go all the way back. Let's go all the way back. We're going to open this up today. But let's go all the way back. Ephesians 6.10. Let's go all the way back. Ephesians. We'll pick up this hopefully next week or in another message. Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ephesians chapter 6. Now watch what the word says in verse number 10. Ephesians 6 and 10. He said, now finally, my brother, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, if I'm going to be strong in the Lord, then I got to remember Nehemiah 8 and 10, right? Nehemiah 8 and 10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, how am I going to be strong in the Lord if I don't learn how to rejoice? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's how you're strong in the Lord. That's why God gave you the kingdom. Romans 14, 17, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Why? So you can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Then he said, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks or the strategies of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you, watch this, the whole arm of God, that you may be able to stand, withstand, in the evil day, and having all and done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins gut about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the Word of God. That's the sword of the Spirit. Praying always with all prayer. We get into that. And supplication in spirit. Paul said, watching therefore with all perseverance, supplication for all saints. And then he said, and for me. Utterance may be given unto me. Vision may be given to me. Revelation knowledge may be given to me. Wisdom may be given to me. That I may open my mouth boldly as I ought to and make known the mysteries of the gospel. Paul said, for which I'm an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. My time is already gone. What an awesome time. What an awesome time do we have today. Won't you go to the word of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, because this is, this is what it's all about. It's all about being saved, knowing that you're saved, and not ashamed to say you're saved having the Holy Spirit, knowing you got the Holy Spirit, not ashamed to tell people you got the Holy Ghost. Amen? And the Holy Ghost got me. 1 Corinthians 15, here's a summary of the gospel. Moreover, brothers, Paul says, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory, watch this, what I preach to you. What you preach to us, Paul, unless you have believed in vain. Paul said, I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received. Well, what do you receive, Paul? How Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. Well, how did he die? He was crucified. He died on the cross. He was crucified for our sins, according to the scripture. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. This is how you save in the new covenant. You believe Christ died for your sins. He's buried in your place. God raised him from the dead. You are now risen with Christ. Give God some praise and glory for your life. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Praise God for his goodness. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.
mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.